Okay, so hello everyone. Welcome to the first of two episodes of our special podcast series entitled Make It Make Sense, where we will be talking about all things related to voting and the upcoming national elections. I am Anna. I am Andrea. And I am Daisy. And together we are your hosts for this segment. So before we get into it, I would like to ask um, my fellow co-hosts, how excited are you to be here and to have our podcast session? Should we start with Andrea? I think that this idea was really great because even though like, like we're the students and everything, it's nice to be knowledgeable about stuff like this, like relating how to vote, how to pick a good candidate, like it's nice to know that the youth are like making efforts to be more knowledgeable about in this stuff. Yeah, that's so true because we love like how everyone is so involved in these issues and all that. And that we are, yeah, as what you said, making an effort to really educate ourselves about this. And this is just a part of it. Um, how about you, Daisy? How excited are you to have this um, segment? Um, I share the same thoughts with Andrea because we can edu- educate some people that about politics as well. And that's all. Yes, indeed. Very true. So um, now that we gave our first impressions, um, can I ask you guys, like, what do you hope this um podcast will be able to achieve especially to our listeners who are listening to this what do you hope they gain from this two-part um special podcast series just to be able to at least grasp like little at least information man like uh, the the objective for me of this podcast is to educate man like like even this little effort maybe can go can do big things to others that are not really familiar to this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's so true. Like sometimes we tend to wonder about what things we can do to help society. And this is just one of those. And you know, little efforts make a big impact. And we hope that this will be able to do something for the community. It may not have a wide reach, but the fact that we will be able to, you know, in, educate people and help others um, think for themselves is already a big responsibility. Before we actually begin, honestly, I want to express how excited I am for the topics that we are about to discuss, not just for this episode, but for the rest of, for all the episodes of this two-part series. I mean, it may not be a long-lasting full-time podcast series but we know that this will have so much substance if you agree right yes i agree like uh, for me like the political spectrum was like i have little knowledge about it but since we are covering it i studied it and then it it gave me it gave it gave me knowledge about stuff that i don't know about and which is it's really good to like acknowledge it that you know we continue to learn is really a good thing like 
accepting that we don't know everything. And... Yes, agreed. Totally agree. I mean, that's a little teaser for what um, the topics that you guys will be um, hearing about for this podcast. I mean, every day is just an opportunity to continue learning about things. And we hope that, you know, whatever um, information we have right now, we could um, share it with everyone else and that we will continue to learn and educate ourselves because it's very important to know what things we do not know and in turn figure them out. So it's, yes, it's really, we know that this is a big responsibility to take on and but we're really excited to uh, have this uh, podcast series. So, yeah. Like, I also felt like pressure because, you know, we have to like speak facts because like, maybe I like, I, I panicked because some of like the things that I've read didn't match. Like, oh no, where should I like found a reliable source? It's so, like, I dig deeper in the, did research and everything just to find like reliable sources oh, that's so true because there's there's so much information out there it's so crazy um how accessible all information is nowadays and it's really a blessing that we um can access it in our convenience but at the same time it bears such a big responsibility because we have to know um which parts are correct or well, which ones um, need to be double-checked on. So, yeah, it's definitely a lot of research indeed went into this. Yeah, so... Yes, because you know that responsibility that you... We have to educate. So, since we have to educate, we have to speak facts. Like. <laughs> yes, indeed, that's so true. So, yeah, we're hoping that you guys are able to learn a thing or two from this. And we'll do our best to relay what um, we can and hopefully it will inspire you to um, research even further because there's definitely a lot more topics to um, cover and all that so yeah now let us all jump into our first topic for this episode which is the history of Philippine suffrage to be led by Daisy did you guys know that the National Assembly in the Philippines announced the plebiscite in 1937 which would decide whether or not women should gain the right to vote. Multiple women's movements started during 1910, which led to the plebiscite in 1937, where women voted for or against for women's suffrage rights. Filipino women worked hard to mobilize and fight for women's suffrage in the early 19s and gained victory after 447, 725 out of 500 votes affirmed to having women's right to vote. So, we are lucky to be born in this generation. We don't have to fight for votes, to vote, our rights to vote. Our ancestors made it easier for us. Diba, guys? Yeah, that's so true. Like, it's so interesting to hear about how far we've gone from, you know, like, we had, there was a point in history where we had to like fight for the right to vote and now here we are and we're enjoying what our ancestors pretty much did how about you andrea yeah i agree like we're enjoying the, the hard fought like 
they did everything they could but uh something catch my eye because out of the 500,000 may ara galit like around 30 to 33,000 na women na yeah. hindi sila na vote yeah that just shows that ka even like the differ gid wala ta opinions yeah that's so interesting to see but it's great that you know majority 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 yeah. was willing to fight yes and it also shows that it that every vote counts pretty much you know there are times where and we think that oh maybe what i'm doing is just you know a tiny speck as to the bigger picture but actually it takes collective efforts to actually achieve you know what is possible yes it's true i guess that's pretty much it for the history of suffrage so before we proceed to our second topic what do you guys have to say after hearing that um little rundown of history especially when it comes to women's suffrage in the philippines i think that even now like makita man nga like the numbers man like men and women in office kay ga differ gid siya like dako dako gid like and difference bala pero like we're trying like women are trying to like hear the voices of other women like the universe of women like with women we do have voices but like we need empowerment so through seeing women in office i guess that is a big aspect for women to feel empowered to like say what they want do what they want according to their will you know yeah absolutely i mean for the longest time we women have been fighting for a seat at the table and there has been a lot of improvements although it's still something that we are fighting for and so something we're working on at least we're seeing you know more inclusivity more diversity um among um politicians and it is important for women to be represented so that they could have a say in issues that do concern women specifically if you know what i mean yes very true <laughs> yes how about you daisy what do you have to say after you know researching about all of this and um knowing how far we've come from i think right language uh, they allow women to vote or do like hindi bala ma tapakan ang mga babae kay it's like for me um do wala sila trust sa mga decisions sa babae when it comes sa political or bisan sa diin man lang before but now um okay man siya yeah that's so true especially with women's issues specifically it is something that you know women should have a say in and because women are the ones who are experiencing it firsthand and all that so yeah it's going it's still something that the country's working on 
society is working on, but there has been a lot of improvements. And it's interesting to hear about um, that little piece of history and what it has led to today. So now, um, on to our second topic. We have Andrea, who will be talking about some very pivotal moments in Philippine politics. Yes. If you're a Filipino, and EDSA is mentioned, two words will always come to mind. It will always be people power. So let's go through the events that made the Filipino people stand as one and made changes for the betterment of our country. I do believe that with the series of abuse of power that occurred at that time, I believe that the last straw was the fraudulent snap election. So let's go through that first. So during an interview of former President Marcos, it was an American television show. It was, I think the interviewer triggered him, questioning the legitimacy of his government. At that time, he just declared that a snap election will occur. But to think that at that time, he still had a year, a year remaining in his term. But it was his way to silence the critics, both in the Philippines and in the United States. So when the snap election was declared, Cardinal Sin made an opposition ticket. Aquino as the president and Salvador Laurel as the vice president. But at that time, Laurel already filed his candidacy for presidency. But Cardinal Sindic talked him through and being the vice president of Aquino. So during the tabulation of votes at that time, some of Comelec's computer operators walked out in protest because the numbers that was announced nationally did not match with their own numbers. Their numbers was that Aquino was leading, but Marcos was still declared as the winner of the snap election. So at the same day that Marcos declared himself as the winner, this was the kickstart of EDSA 1, in which Aquino led a people's victory rally in Luneta, where she, she called for civil disobedience. So by the time that Cardinal Sin had asked Filipino people to rally behind Enrile and Ramos. Enrile and Ramos is is part of the part of the government. It was so ironic that they started, they kind of started this, but they were people, they were one of the people of the Marcoses. They both demanded the resignation of Marcos. It was also them who asked help from the White House and asked to pressure the Malacanang Palace to be more prudent of its actions. And by the third day, there were words that the Marcoses were going to attack the rebel stronghold. And then later that day, Marcos appeared on the television. He declared a state of emergency and announced that he had no plans at all to resign or something like that. But little did he know that around 7.30 at that day, the United States endorsed the provisional government of Aquino and they just abandoned him. So by the time Marcos was advised by his colleagues to already leave the palace, they, they, I think the husband of his daughter had connections 
in the White House that made their fleeing possible out of the country. By the time the Marcoses fled the country, Aquino and Laurel was were sworn to office and Filipino people had obtained democracy, putting an year end for the 20-year dictatorship under the Marcoses. But as we all know, there, there are two. There is a second EDSA that happened. But this version of EDSA was this people power revolves around the rise of the Filipino people against a corrupt head of state. It was at that time Estrada. Estrada was a well-known actor turned politician. He was accused of multiple cases of corruption, like he would receive millions monthly as protection money for the gambling lords. He would receive kickbacks like from the budget secretary. He would smuggle luxury cars. He didn't um he hid his assets to the public. And it was also allegedly that it was through his wife's foundation that he would receive some of those illicit money. An impeachment trial was began around 2000 of December, then it was January of 2001 when the trial jury decided not to examine the evidence relating to Estrada's secret bank account. At that time, protesters assembled on EDSA already. By the third day of the EDSA 2, withdrawals of support were done like from the military, the police, the president's cabinet members, and top government officials withdrew their support and joined the rally in EDSA. With this withdrawals of support, it gave a big boost to the anti-Estrada crowd gathered in EDSA. He also tried what Marcos did. He requested for a snap election, but his um, request was rejected. By the fourth they, despite the president's resistance to resign, the Supreme Court makes a unanimous decision to file a resolution declaring the position of president vacant, therefore allowing the constitutionally mandated successor, the, the vice president at that time was Gloria Arroyo, to take over. So Gloria takes her oath of office in the presence of the countless people in EDSA and becomes the 14th president of the Republic of the Philippines. And this shows once again that the Filipinos have shown to the entire world their sense of unity for peaceful and nonviolent protests. So what do you guys think about this? <laughs> going back to the first EDSA, it's so interesting to hear about the series of events that led up to it. Because most of the time, we would hear about EDSA, people power itself, and what happened within the within like that particular event. But hearing the timeline of what specific things led to the EDSA people power happening, it's so interesting to hear about what happened and you know what the decision making and all those um, timelines of events that led up to this event occurring. And it's, it's so interesting to hear also about the different parties involved. And it was, it's, you could really see how people were willing to fight for the country and face such a bigger power. Like, you know, 
honestly going up against and facing um people of with that much power is already such a courageous thing in itself and i really admire what um the filipinos did and one thing that we could do to um show our appreciation for what they did is to constantly educate ourselves and prevent something like that from happening again. Yes, it would be really nice to prevent something like this to happen again. Yeah. What, what about you, Daisy? Um, I think it's a people power revolution. Uh, it stands out as the most astonishing um, not only because it removed without bloodshed shed in Ferdinand Marcos, but also because all intents and purposes taken together, it has at least killed the malignancy, malignancy of the Filipino nation's broken soul. So, EDSA should have taught us how to elect the right persons for public office because we deserve so much better. Yes. As I've read this about EDSA 1, I always thought that Aquino has like this biggest role, but it was really the people behind her doing all the job. No offense to the, you know, no one that supports them. But it was just my realization that like she was just like the front people because she it was the time that she became a widow, right? So, like, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Especially, like, um, like, uh, um, like, Cory Aquino, she, she, if I'm not mistaken, she was pretty much, um, known to be very, too simple. She wasn't extravagant at all. She was a mother, and that was pretty much what she, uh, that was her reputation, that was her image, and, and I think people really wanted to have that motherly figure and care. And I think that's what they saw in Corey. I think. And so it's a two, like, oh, like, you know, like, like the money that he, he corrupted, like, oh, then he had the guts to run again for office. Like, it doesn't make but sense. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, like you know, sometimes you look at these fi- the the figures, and you're and it's just a couple of zeros, but put it to context, and you see what it actually is like. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and, like millions per month. You would receive that. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like we're trying to bring down um you know a pub a candidate or anything. We're just um talking about the facts that are presented to us and putting ourselves in the position as well. You know how how will how is someone able to do that and what is the thought process that goes on behind that? Because you know it's not an easy thing to steal and. The fact that um you know there are people who do it for the wrong reasons is I mean stealing in itself is already wrong, but yeah, and they would use like foundations, like something charity yeah, to to true. smuggle this illicit like obtain money, like <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah, it's so it's honestly so mind blowing to hear about because 
I think like I could speak for the three of us here. I don't think we would be able to do that with, because you know our conscience is just going to be knocking on us. But yeah. I mean, also like with people power, I guess it goes to show that you know there are times wherein the wrong people are put into office, and sure we could, you know, there's it's hard to put the blame on someone. You know, how could you? You know, it's easy to ask the questions. How how did we put this person into office? But ultimately, at the end, it's also realizing that sure, this person may have ended this type of person may have ended up in office. But I think the people power was also a way of you know Filipinos realizing that in enough is enough, and we can't tolerate this anymore. And something has to be done. Sure, we sure the wrong person may have been put into office, but it's also the time to realize and wake ourselves up to reality that this is wrong, and we should do something about it. Yes, because it was through the people's vote that he got that seat. So it it is our it is like a responsibility as a voter to. Like check. Okay, we put this wrong person in office. We have to do something because this is this 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 is just not right. Yeah, and I think you know, and it's fine. Honest, honestly, like it's it can be hard to fathom the idea of oh, we put this wrong person into office and all that, but shouldn't really you know put we could we shouldn't just like um point fingers and. Um, blame each other for putting the wrong person into office because if you look at it, um, some people they promise things in the beginning. Campaigns are really nice, and we tend to, you know. Um, so what what was his tagline like? Arab para sa mahirap. mahirap. Yeah, that <laughs> like that's definitely such a appealing um tagline and. You know, at the beginning, sometimes these people they promise things and all that, and we tend to, you know, as um, voters, you know, people who are um, looking at what they're doing, we tend to get drawn to their advocacies and yeah. all that, and that's why I think we we think we make the right decisions, but at the end, something turns out way differently than we imagined. So. We shouldn't really put the blame on ourselves or on other people for putting this type of person into office. If we if we saw how like they would promise things and all that, but ultimately it's not just about blaming each other. But at the end, it's realizing that oh, this is wrong and we shouldn't tolerate it anymore. Yes, that's why it's really important to get like to get information about this stuff and educate ourselves. Yeah, this is why we do this. So yes, exactly. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing this. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, and I also want to point out how, you know, with People Power, there were two People Power events, two EDSA events. But ultimately, the bottom line was there was no bloodshed, as what Daisy said. It was peaceful. Yeah, it was unified and peaceful. Yeah, okay. and it did draw a lot of um, international attention. And that's something that, you know, Filipinos are known for. That we're not violent people. We can, 
yeah yeah just you know fight we could fight for um what we deserve without having to resort to any sort of violence so yeah i guess that's um pretty much it for the ads of people power and snap elections um portion of this um episode and with that being said, I will be leading our last topic for today's episode, which is the political spectrum. Now, after hearing all of the previous topics before, from the history to the um, people power and snap elections, you could really see how their people stand differently in terms of politics, and we all have varying views and opinions. So with that, we should um, talk about the importance of the political spectrum. And I know that's not something that's widely talked about. So we're going to do that right now. So what is the political spectrum, you may ask? Now, the political spectrum refers to the range of political positions or opinions that exist from the progressive left wing to the conservative right wing. It started during the French Revolution in 1789, where Literally, the revolutionary camp sat on the left side of the French National Assembly, while their aristocracy favoring counterparts were on the right side. Now, in the center seats, those were for the more moderate and political views. So the terms left wing and right wing were very literal because it actually referred to where the people were sitting um, at the table. So now what are these um, terms that fall under the political spectrum? There are actually four, and I will be elaborating on each one. So imagine the political spectrum to be a sort of partition plane <laughs> where um, each quadrant has a different term or um, position um, assigned. So on the right side, the right wing, as it is called, those on the right side of the spectrum tend to support the lazy spare approach towards the economy, which translates as leave things alone. So they believe that the presence of certain social hierarchies and social inequality is natural and unavoidable. So with this, the government must play a limited role in the lives of the citizens, advocating for less business regulation and lower taxes on businesses for them to grow. So for the right, basically, the less involved the government is, the better. Their political views are on the traditional and conservative side, dedicated to preserving existing traditional conditions in the society. Now, on the opposite of that, we have the left wing. So the left wing of the spectrum believes in working towards an equal society and to achieve such, the government must be greatly involved in the lives of the citizens. So the left supports imposing higher taxes on the rich, financial support for the poor, free healthcare, and government regulation of business where intervention is required to prevent economic decline. So their views are more progressive favoring social change and reform. Now, now that we're done with the right wings and the left wings, now let's move on to the other part of the spectrum, which is the more vertical side. So on, on the top, you have author, authoritarianism. Now, authoritarianism mostly refers to the power play between elites that have authority to rule the state. 
this often translates to dictatorship and limitation of the civil and political liberties of citizens by the ruling class. Moreover, the government has the option to use force when it is needed. And this can be detrimental for the public as it comes at the expense of their own rights. Now, at the bottom of that, the opposite of authoritarianism is libertarianism. Now, the concept of this is grounded on the principle that each individual owns themselves and does not exist to serve society. Rather, society exists to serve its members. Fundamentally, libertarians abide by the non-aggression principle, which means that any initiation of coercive action is ethically wrong. So in a sense, the government has no right to force citizens to do things against their will. Libertarians abhor laws suggesting compulsion, involuntary military service, confiscation of property, and even forcibly taking our money, like taxation. In terms of social policy, you can do whatever you want as long as it does not violate another's natural rights. With this, each person is assumed to be an expert on what they want and how to run their lives. Then, apart from all those, you have the middle, which is apoliticism, being apolitical, which means that um, you have no interest or connection with politics or no connection with any political party. So basically, you're neutral on all issues and you try not to involve yourself in anything political or political-related matters. So with that being said, um, I guess it's better, honestly, if you um, could pull up Google and look at the political spectrum. It does show up in the images, and you could get a clear view of what is what is what it's composed of, basically. So in each quadrant, you have the authoritarian left, authoritarian right, libertarian left, libertarian right. And it's so interesting to see this sort of spectrum because it could really um, make clear the your stand on issues and all that. And honestly, I do recommend um, figuring out where you stand on the spectrum. There are actually... Um, quizzes online that you could take and it will show you where you stand on the spectrum and all that so yeah what do you guys think about this concept of the political spectrum in general like I would like is it really like is it really possible to be a political like how I see it like politics is everywhere <laughs> Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's actually very interesting because there are people who claim to be a political. They, you know, they don't want to get involved in anything. But I think in this day and age, it's impossible to be unavoidable. Yeah, I know being political is not is is not easy. Cause you know, but being a political is also like I see it as. It's just as hard as being political. Like, yes, and it's, it's also dangerous. Yeah, it is, it is definitely um, like a red flag, <laughs> if I'm going to um, put it into terms. That, um, you know, it's because like, politics is pretty much everywhere and it concerns everyone. So the fact that um, there are people who choose not to involve themselves in that it's kind of frightening honestly because these are things that concern everyone and being 
you know, being neutral about particular things can mean that, like, you're on the oppressing side or, you know, how the famous quote, like, you know, there's silence speaks of louder than words. I think that's definitely, like, a good quote to attribute to. Like, before, like, the ones that the, you said it uh, the in, in the intro of your con. Like, we don't really talk about political spectrum as much. Like, yes, I've heard, like, right-wing, left-wing, but at that time, like, I really had no idea what it was, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Same, though. Like, I get confused with the terms, but now, like, okay, I get it that the the difference between the right-wing and the left-wing yeah, because, like, these are words that, you know, if you don't know about it, it's like, you know, you hear about them in the news and it's just constantly, like, being thrown around and all that. But it is, like, important to know what these mean because you could, because once you do, it's like you could um, understand and really put into context, like, what, how people view particular thing. I think, like, with the right wing and left wing, that's more of... um a prominent thing in the states if if i'm yes, not mistaken yes. yes because there it's the, those are the words that they use like left wing right wing i think the right wing is more of the republicans and the left wing more of the democrats and that's yeah that this the united states is pretty much um, a good example of what the right wing and left wing is and when you put in the context like the political spectrum you could like understand uh this is why this country does this because this is what they fall on in the political spectrum just like that uh, yeah yeah that's so true and you could really see and a lot of history does play into this so it's so interesting to hear about and all that so yeah i mean like i know you guys um this is pretty much like a new thing it's not something that constantly being um discussed and all that so i do recommend that you guys um there's actually like quizzes online you could take it and um figure out where you stand because like for me i took the i took a quiz like um a while back and i actually fall on libertarian left so that's interesting to hear about and Yes. Yeah. So I do recommend you guys. Um, I'll try it out. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like really fun. It, they ask the quiz. They like ask you for you know your takes on particular things. Like you know, should the should rich people be taxed more? You know, it's just like those things. And from that, they'll be able to figure out. Or I mean, they cannot. The quiz will not say for a hundred percent sure that this is where you fall on. But it will give you an idea and an opportunity, I guess, to reflect on yourself and your stands on issues. And yeah, it's we do, to anyone who's listening to this, I do recommend that you guys um, uh, take some time out and take a quiz and, you know, see where you stand on this because it's a very interesting thing to talk about. So, like, other than that, it's also interesting to hear about, like, not just the right wing and the left wing, but also authoritarianism and libertarianism. 
especially with authoritarianism because like it it's here like it can be detrimental for the public as it comes at the expense of their own rights because um it's dictatorship that's that's not something that's unfamiliar to filipinos yes we've gone through it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely like it's not it's not a strange concept it's something that was um experienced and it's part of our history indeed it's like what else what else do you guys want to like talk about in terms of all of this now that we discuss like three topics um we have like a quick history of suffrage um in the philippines then we had the people power and like snap elections in the political spe- spectrum what do you guys hope um will be like the main idea or um insight that our listeners could get from today's episode i always think that history does a lot to what we have like at the present like knowing what happened in the past like it would like definitely change some things that you believed in and like it's like being educated is really important that's what i've gathered <laughs> yeah i totally agree and yeah that's why we do this we want to help each other out and you know just see every day as an opportunity to learn and that taking that opportunity is not just a service for ourselves but for other people and our country pretty much so what about you daisy what do you hope um people will get from today's topics i hope that um in this podcast they will learn a lot like they will choose the right candidate for the next election and I really hope that it did not balik history. Yeah, because like um, those who do not know history are pretty much condemned to repeat it and we hope that you guys were able to learn a thing or two from this. We hope that there was a lot of substance because we wanted to, you know, talk about topics that people rarely talk about and we hope that we were able to achieve it with um this uh episode yes and i think that we really did good (laughs) yeah we hope that you guys um enjoyed this little discussion and to so let's end it yeah let's go Thank you for spending your time listening to Make It Make Sense with your host, Anna, Daisy, and Andrea. We hope it gave you more insight into suffrage, history, and politics as a whole. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to listen to more educational topics in relation to the upcoming 2022 elections, stay tuned for our next episodes where we'll be discussing some more interesting and exciting topics. I don't know about you, but let's vote in 22. That's all for this episode. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Bye.